Hello and welcome to The Brand Architect. Today I do have a very special guest who took my breath away at first sight. So The Brand Architect um, is actually introducing some of the most exquisite brands out there who truly change people's lives, but not only people's lives, they have the courage to change the status quo. Anix, it's a pleasure to have you. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, my love. So Annex is actually, it was Art Basel. And I remember it was this sort of party. I was not having the best of time. And suddenly I saw you and I have to share with you that it was just so impactful. Not only the way you dress, because many people might have a great sense of style. There's a beauty that you exude and you are also just very nice and charismatic and kind. And I came, I think I came and I say hello to you. And I just wanted mm -hmm. to share with our audiences, you really touched my heart. In a few seconds that we talked that night, you touched me. And uh, it's, it's, it's very important <laughs> to have this effect on people just through our presence without saying much. Thank you so much for that. You know, I... I have been doing music and I have been following my dreams for a long time. And so now that things have started to kind of, you know, expand and get more exciting, I think that the one of the most important things for myself and my entire team is to stick to who we are. And, you know, how my mother raised me and how my father raised me, it's just kindness and actually taking a moment to connect with people. So hearing that back is just the sweetest thing. I really appreciate it. You're wonderful. Your energy is just it's something else. That's why I'm sitting here with you today. <laughs> Thank you it. so much. And you know, Annex, like I, um, as soon as I uh, tapped into your account on Instagram, I started to listen to your music and it's playing on repeat, whether I work out at home, it gives me a sense <laughs> of joy and happiness and freedom. It's the type of music that lifts you up, elevates you, but also give you some, gives you something to think about your lyrics are very powerful. Yes. So I have to ask you, in a world where musicians no longer prioritize valuable content, as sad as it might sound, you come from the generation, even though you're young, of the generation that truly understood the responsibility of art to change people's lives. Would you like to share with us where is this passion from writing coming from and how did it start? Yes, I'd love to. There's a word that you just said, which is freedom. And freedom, in my opinion, is an artist's most, you know, kind of, I always call it like a, a lethal weapon. You know what I mean? The portrayal of freedom by whatever means necessary. So in my case, you know, I came from a, a very amazing childhood, but I experienced a lot of darkness afterwards. You know, I struggled with drugs. I had, you know, management that really, you know, screwed with me in my career. And so I used to only write about my experience with all of these dark things. And I was wondering why no one resonated with it, why no one, why it didn't take off. I always thought I was writing a hit, but I realized that all I was doing was putting out there the things that I didn't want anymore. So one day I just said, enough of this. So why don't I sing about this beautiful character I have in my head, which is Onyx, which is like this, almost like this Robin Hood kind of villain kind of you know, you can put yourself in my shoes and sing your sing the music and, and, you know, have it resonate with yourself. So I decided to start singing about all of the ridiculous things I wanted in the world. You know, if I wanted a, a boat full of diamonds, or if I wanted to rule the world, or if I wanted, you know, if I wanted to own a club, whatever it is, that's what I decided to start singing about. And that's when people really started connecting. Because, you know, my fan base is, is it's either very young or kind of a, a little bit older. And I think that, 
they really connect with it because it's the, all the things that they're all thinking about as well, but no one will say. You know what I mean? I have a song, No Problems, which I know you're listening to. <laughs> and No Problems is literally, it's kind of a part two of a series that I did. So I did the song Illuminati, which is very much about all the things that I, I didn't have growing up that I want now and I want in the future. It's like, I, I just want a boat, but I think I'll have two because I want to I want to be able to screw one up. I want one full of diamonds. I want everything that the world hasn't given me yet. You know, I just want to be Illuminati. I just want to party. And then the the follow-up to that is no problems, which is here. And let me show you how I'm going to take it. And I think that a lot of that can be kind of connected back into how you run your business as an artist. You know, I think that a lot of artists really, really, and it happens, it pops off for a lot of artists where they can sing about how sad they are or the darkness and all those things. It just didn't work for me what I found was the most powerful thing is manifestation is putting out there all the things that you want in the world. And it probably helps that I can write a really catchy melody. <laughs> yes. Your music, like the first time I heard no problems, like five minutes later, I was like singing along and I thought, wow. And then I put it on repeat again and then again and again, I saw the visual. So you are, I would say, I would put you in the category annex of intellectual artists. When I say yeah. intellectual, meaning artists who have a very, very high IQ, but also their emotional sensibility is very strong. And they are able to articulate in powerful words emotion, right? And this entails you, you having a certain degree of intelligence as well. Obviously, talent is innate and we develop it as we grow or we, into you're right the greatest version of ourselves. But intelligence and high IQ, this is something we are born with. And of course, this can evolve as well. So as an intellectual artist, so to speak, your visuals are very artsy, something that is reminiscent a bit of Jean-Michel Basquiat, um, Andy Warhol, Studio 54, 2022, 2300-something. Uh, <laughs> so it's like futurism, but also the past. Is, it, is this intentional? Is this something you are writing a script for? Or is genuinely ingrained in you to bring all these eclectic elements into your visual and videos as well? It's a little bit of everything. So, you know, I, I grew up an only child. And, um, you know, I was adopted, I had a very abstract childhood. And so I always had to create different versions of myself to keep myself busy and to keep myself kind of sane. And so growing up, becoming an adult and becoming an artist, I wanted to create an entirely different world. I decided that, you know, the way that the world is on paper isn't the world that I necessarily want to live in all of the time. And so I created an entirely different world of my own. So I take a little bit of all of the things that I like the most out of the world. So maybe, you know, in No Problems, there's a moment where, you know, we had kidnapped this entire family. And there's a moment where I'm in the wife's closet. She's tied up in the closet and I have on her wedding dress. And it's, I wanted it to be like her wedding dress from the 80s because I love the 80s. I love the 80s. I love the big hair. I love the pearls in the hair. I love the white. I love that entire moment. But I wanted to make it a little bit more modern and futuristic. So I made her dress neoprene. So there's little, there's, uh, there's, it's just this other world that I've created in my head. And as, you know, I progress as an artist, you know, there's, we're putting out a lot next year. You'll be able to make more sense of it as we go on. There's a lot of different parts that will all kind of come together, but it's kind of this story of this, you know, this kind of super villain who's also kind of everyone's hero at the same time. 
Wow, that's like a very uh, um, antagonistic, right, approach. Like you are coming from different mm-hmm. angles. And I, you know, like I really got emotional when you said you are the only child. I am the only child. And I wish people would understand how does it feel like. You have to create stories in your head. You don't have um, the children, you know, like the, or, or the brothers yes. and sisters to communicate with. So you have to entertain yourself. And somehow people who are the only child become sort of loners. I don't know. There is a certain element of independency that we have. And when you said it, almost tears came to my eyes because I thought my entire life, I felt that I am the only child and I had to sort of come up with new um, ways, not only to entertain, but also to challenge myself or to get myself out of situations that are emotionally draining and identify how am I going to survive that? And um, your music, I mean, again, around with, uh, uh, together with your visuals is just so impactful. I truly believe that you are the artist of the future. I cannot wait for you to, to win your Grammys. You deserve those. Like as soon as I saw your video, I said, he gives me even a bit of Madonna mixed with some futuristic stuff. Madonna was my neighbor in New York City for many years. I oh never met gosh, her in yes. person, but she lives, I'm not going to say the street because I don't want her people to go there. But for 14 years, I was on the same street and I used to pass by her home. I mean, she's a politician in a, in a field of music. Amazing. I mean, she everything she Absolutely. created opened doors for artists like yourself even. Yes. So Annex, please share with us. So as an only child, you have to create an universe. Obviously, your mother, I saw a picture of you and your mom, and you say that she's an amazing mother. You are different, right? Some people are just born different. As Lady Gaga say, we are born this way. Everything from the way you look, you are also stunningly beautiful. I think it's okay to say that in this era, right? Because it's like you cannot even compliment people too much. You have a presence about yourself. This is something you did not earn. You were born right? Looking a certain way and being very gifted physically. Do you feel like to a certain extent, this has helped you a lot to morph into this persona? Because a dress looks different on a person like you, right? Than on many, maybe other men. So do you feel that you are leveraging that your beauty helps you to tap into that sensualism and those aesthetics that you aim to portray through your music? That's interesting that you're asking this. I was just thinking about this last week and I was having a conversation with somebody on my team about it, but my, how do I put this? My vision of beauty is very different than most people's. I feel as though the, the best version of yourself, you're always going to be chasing. Right. And so even when I started music, you know, 11, 12, 12 years ago as an independent artist, I looked completely different than I do now. But the reason that I think that that existed and that I was that version of myself is because I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I feel as though my evolution is, is catching up with who I am as an artist and how much, you know, how much time and how much intelligence I put behind my music and behind my craft. So I feel as though, yes, I do 100%. I leverage how I look. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've created a brand that is extremely, extremely authentic. So when you pair that with, you know, my version of beauty and how it kind of works, it's almost like, did you ever watch American Horror Story? I haven't. So there is a concept in one of the seasons. It's, uh, the season is called Coven. And Coven is all about witches, right? So it's a, it was a moment where, you know, there's an older witch who has all of the powers, right? And then one day a younger witch will come along. 
and this younger witch will will start to have all the same powers as the older one. The older one will die, and the younger one will become the, the supreme, the most powerful witch. And I feel like that constantly happens within myself as I as I, you know, as I evolve as a human being and as a person. And so that even boils down to my my beauty and how I perceive myself as well. So I use things like you know contrast, like you know uh, a masculine man, because I'm I'm built just like a mannequin. I'm five eleven. I have got the wide shoulders. I've got the tattoos. I'm literally the shape <laughs> of, a, of a standard mannequin. But I think wearing dresses and things in a certain way is not only I find beautiful, but it's also just authentically who I am in my mind. You know, however I wake up and however I feel, that's how you're going to see me that day. If that if that if I wake up and I feel like crap, then you're going to see me in a hat and gym shorts. And you're going to see me just being lazy, but chances are, because I'm very happy these days, you'll see me in something cool. <laughs> you know, I just, I have to share this and I hope audiences are not going to burn me if I say that. But when I used to work <laughs> at the Dolce & Gabbana, I remember it was this guy wearing heels, right? And he was coming to the store, but you know what? It didn't look authentic. And I just, for some mm -hmm. reasons, even though my heart, I love everyone, Onyx. I would never, ever, it would not even cross my mind to say this person should not do. People should do what makes them happy and live a life that they truly feel in their, in their hearts they want to live. But it just seemed, it was just so ostentatiously walking, like, look at me. And when I saw you, I remember that guy and I say, wow, the difference. You embody that. You are just born to do it. And I think some people try hard to be part of a certain communities because they think it's cool. In their heart, I'm sure to a certain extent, they feel they can resonate with that. Mm -hmm. But still, even in your communities, there are people who embody that. They are natural. They are born with it. They just can rock it. And others, do you believe it's a sense of fear, maybe in certain people, to dress like you do? And that's why it comes as lack of authenticity? Or is genuinely they're not as skilled? Because this is a gift too. Just like not every woman can wear heels. Let's go back to that, right? Some women mm -hmm. cannot wear heels and they look awkward. So please share with us because I'm also trying to understand uh, the point of you being a guest way beyond your talent is understanding the soul of your community, how you Absolutely. feel, how you think, how you have the ability to relate to who we are and feel comfortable with that. Because a lot of times we are born a certain way and we are never able to accept that. So I would love for you to share with us your thoughts and also educate us. Yes, I'm so glad you asked. So, you know, rather than speaking about anybody else, I'm going to tell you about my journey. So when I first started as an artist, I was extremely feminine. So that was that was it. There was no masculine sides to me. And I was chasing the high of femininity. As a man, you know, the more feminine you become, the more exciting it becomes. It's like it's like a risk. And if you're somebody like me who loves to take risks and and kind of, you know, gets off on the adrenaline, it's 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 harder. It's hard enough. It's, it gets harder to become authentically yourself because you get lost in the femininity. So then, you know, I went through a really dark time. I went through the drugs and everything. And so when I came off of them, I was like, okay, well, clearly the feminine didn't feel completely comfortable with me. So I went completely the opposite direction. I grew out my beard. I started going to the gym and I became this version of myself. I'll have to send you a photo, but it was just this like very like daddy moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I was like the heaviest I'd ever been. I was close to 200 pounds, pure muscle, you know, underwear model, body hair, facial hair all the time. And I created a persona out of that. 
but I found myself just as miserable as when I was extremely feminine. I was miserable because all I was doing is becoming more and more masculine to attract the attention of other men. And that did apps that didn't fulfill me as an artist. That didn't make me feel great. You know, I knew that I was getting hired to be at parties and I was doing all these things, not because I was Onyx the musician, but it was because I was this other version of Onyx that this kind of toxic, toxic masculinity world just craves. You know what I mean? So I decided to completely back off and I was like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I be hyper masculine and or hyper feminine? Like, why do both of those things not resonate with me? And I realized it's because I sit in the middle. And and be, and that's that's where my non-binary, you know, isms come from. Because you never know with me, you know, my team is always just like, which onyx are we getting today? And it's literally like I just said, it's how I feel. So I'm also someone who, you know, as a musician and as an artist, I'm an actor. And I but I'm an actor in a way where it's my it's in my DNA, it's in my bloodstream, and it's 24-7. So that's why something like heels or a dress or, or an oversized suit or gym clothes, it all just feels natural because it's also part of my state of mind. So let's tie that back into my community and you know the people I represent, because I represent a lot of different communities. So I'm queer, I'm non-binary, I'm a person of color. There's a lot of things going on here, which is something I'm very proud of because I've always wanted to be able to open doors for people that are just like me, because I didn't have any of that. I didn't have somebody like me to kind of look up to. So it was a lot of different people. So when it comes to how I dress and how other people dress, I think that, you know, I can look back on myself when I was hyper-masculine, probably fumbling all over myself because that wasn't quite who I really was. Or when I look back on myself as hyper-feminine and I was probably tripping over my heels and it didn't quite look right because I hadn't reached the point of where I am now. So when, you know, when you think about somebody who really wants the attention for something, right? And they may tell you like, yeah, this is who I am. And it's a hundred percent. It's never changing. Da, 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 da. We're always changing. So maybe it's somebody who, you know, it just isn't quite there yet. Does that make sense? I am just so honestly, like I'm very emotional um, doing this interview with you. I don't know why, but you just make me oh. get so much in tune with, with how I feel. And I, I also understand myself. I think the, um, the greatness of artists like yourself is not only that we listen to your music and we find your presence appealing. It makes us think and reflect and identify parts of ourselves that resonate with you so much that it challenges us out of our comfort zone to overcome other things that because myself, my entire life, I just felt kind of awkward myself because I always wanted to be a boy when I was in um, in okay. kindergarten. I used to tell my mother, I want to be the prince. Stop telling them. I don't want to be the princess. I hated being the princess. And they cut my hair short and I was wearing boots and jeans. And uh, to these days, I think my, my sense of dressing is it's kind of awkward. It, it changes. I'm like you, right? Not at the level, obviously, artistic level. I'm not an artist, but I dress the way I feel. And sometimes it is really over the top. And you ask yourself, is it something wrong with me? And then when I interview, I realize that it's normal to actually go to stages and also uh, dress based on our emotions. And as human beings, we don't owe it to society to be one thing only. I think society puts exactly. us in boxes. You're a boy or a girl. And if you're a girl, you have to dress this way. You have to do these things. And I think you are opening doors for people who feel different, they are born different, to feel comfortable with who they are and, and understand themselves and understand there's nothing wrong with feeling different emotions. Um, 
Onyx, what really impresses me with you, many things, but the level of self-awareness you have. This is work. When you said, I went through stages in my life, but you were able to sit back and analyze yourself. Very few people have the strength to do a self-audit or self-analysis and say, look, hmm, this doesn't really resonate with me. I shouldn't be that. Many people go through life thinking they owe it to society to be something and they are miserable. And when you're miserable, you generate a whole effect around you. You make others feel yes. miserable. So you mentioned to me that you represent different communities, which is beautiful. By the way, you said um, a black community. I, I never thought of you as being mixed or anything. Mm. I just thought you were like me <laughs> because I don't think of people this way. So wh what's your background, uh, Annex? Yes. So um, I am half black. I'm also Scottish, uh, French and German. Wow. That's, uh, it, it's, it's just kind of mind blowing because I never thought when I met you. Um, Annex, I would love for you to actually share these thoughts with us. So when I met you, I did not think of you as being part of a category. I just thought fabulous. I did not think he's black <laughs> or white. And then when I read somewhere that you are mixed, I thought, oh, I didn't think of it. So how, how does it feel like you represent different communities? Do you feel that certain communities embrace you more than others? Do you feel more love? That's interesting. So I think in the past, when I was trying so hard to be, you know, versions of myself that really didn't exist or that I just tried to amplify, I felt like I, I was always clinging to one community. Now, which is very interesting because I always, I always wondered how my career would play out in regards to, you know, being very queer, very, you know, uh, eccentric, all these things. I was always like, wow, I'm only going to attract that crowd. But what I found is that because my music isn't all about that one community, it's, it's literally anyone can sing my music. I find that I resonate with all of them. There isn't one community that I have attached myself to. And that has always been my goal, which I thought was going to be such a huge challenge for me, but I didn't realize it would come down to the music itself. So for instance, my song, No Problems, if you go through the comments, it's a lot of people that are like, wow, man, you know, I'm super into rock and roll, or I'm really into metal, or I'm all, I only listen to classical music, but I love this song. I hear the song every day. And, he, and some people will look at the visual, having heard the song at a friend's house or Shazammed it somewhere, heard it in a club, and they see the visual and they're like, wow, man, you know, I don't know any gay people. I, this is like really flamboyant, not what I'm usually into. I always get that, you know, you're not what I'm usually into but I love this, more power to you, I can't wait for the next song. That is something that is so beautiful to me, which means that I'm able to touch many different communities at the same time without having to you know, focus on only one. And that was always a fear of mine is that I was always gonna be in, the, in one lane, but now it's like the freeway has a thousand lanes and I can go as fast as I want to. This that. is so impactful. And, uh, you know, like one of the reasons I love watching your videos so much, because it doesn't force me to think of you as being something specifically. It gives me the freedom as a human being to enjoy it without putting you in a box. And subsequently, I don't put myself in a box. Right. So your eclectic Amen. view on things. <laughs> right. Exactly. It gives me the freedom to explore myself without judgment, which I think a lot of times we judge ourselves harshly. Um I cannot wait to see what you will be creating moving forward because I see you as such an eclectic artist and I feel like you can touch people's hearts. And I dare to compare you to another artist and I don't want, again, audiences to burn me because I get criticized a lot lately. But David Bowie, when he came 
to fame, <laughs> Love. right? I think he was everything, but you could not necessarily, you could not put him in a box. He made everyone feel comfortable. He was a genius, a creative genius. Yes. And then when you heard him speak, and that's why I, I say David Bowie, because you are very eloquently, uh, uh, you speak very eloquently, you're smart, you're astute, you communicate very well. And I remember when I saw many years ago, a video of David Bowie's explaining the power of internet. And I thought, wow, I used to think he's just an amazing artist, but now I realize his intellect. So you belong to that era of artists who have high IQ. I say it again, intellect, ability to communicate. Do you feel like in the world we live in where the music has lost on many levels the magic touch? Because a lot of artists, unfortunately, portray things there that they should not. Funny enough, right before this interview, I spoke with Paul Anthony with Grammy Award winning. I interviewed him and we discussed the same thing. So I would love to hear your thoughts. So you're coming from a tremendous upbringing, an amazing family who raised you well. You're smart. You're well-read. And suddenly you are forced in a way to be part of a community of musicians where, how can I put it? Music sort of to a large extent lost its magic touch because it lost value. How do you feel? Do you feel like you have more responsibility? Do you care or you just care about paving your way without consequences? So that's an interesting question. So I think it can go back to when I first started doing music and I had two very clear options. So Option A is I could have sold out and, you know, I've been presented with many record deals. I went to school for artist management and studied contractual law, but in those contracts and with those big deals, a lot of them, you have to sell your soul. And so I could have either done that or I could have made the music that I want to make that I would want to listen to because I know that there has to be people that are like me on earth. And I could do it my way. And I knew if I did it my way, yes, it would be slow and steady wins the race. It would take me a significant you know, amount of time compared to the other way. But I decided to do it my way because I wanted to actually be able to live with myself. And I wanted to be able to sit here with you looking exactly as I want to and say whatever it is that I want to without somebody with cue cards behind me going, no, Onyx, we can't say that. Or like, this is not the narrative. And I think that when it comes to the music itself, you know, more power to the artists that, you know, are young and they wanted to take that deal because the dollar amount was high. It's just not my path because I want to be able to authentically change people's lives. I want to be able to travel the world and actually cause a difference in the music with the music that I make. And I think that the most important part about doing that is not selling out. It's, you know, it, it's, it doesn't have to happen now. Like for any other artist listening out there, you know, if your streams are down and, you know, people aren't watching your videos or whatever it is, just don't give up. You know what I mean? If you have to take a second job at a bar, go take a second job at a bar. Just do whatever it takes to make it happen. But don't sell out and don't undercut your, your intellect just because you want to be on trend. Because I'm going to wow, tell that's you. that's so powerful, Onyx. Can yeah. you say it again, please? <laughs> yes. Don't <laughs> undercut your intellect just to be part of a trend. Because trends will fade, intellect never does. The things that Bowie said still stick with you. The things that even, you know, Lady Gaga, yeah. the things that Madonna says, and the things that Celine Dion says, you know, they're all hyper-intelligent human beings yeah. that stuck to who they are. We're told no probably more times than, than most people on earth will ever experience. And yet they stuck to who they are and look at them now. They're the legends. It's not the people who 
you know, unfortunately, you know, create one TikTok trend really kind of just sold out for a moment and then just didn't put any more effort into it and just kind of rode that high. I think that if you, if you have the mind for it and you can wait it out, just do it because, you know, I wouldn't be in control right now if I hadn't have done that. I hope that everyone who watches this um, understands the power we have when we wait for the right circumstance, for the right person to enter our life, for the right teams. Because often in life, we are dreaming of that overnight success and we rush through life. Life is a race and we sign contracts, whether personally or professionally, with people or teams that don't favor us long term. And what, what you are looking for, you are looking to build a legacy. Now, Anix, I have to ask you, do you read books or wh where is this like astute sense of self and your ability to eloquently um, translate your thoughts and emotions into words? That's interesting. Um, you would probably think that I read books, <laughs> but I actually, I don't. I have, I have really severe ADHD. So it is really hard to get me to sit down and do one task for an extremely long period of time. I used to read books when I was a kid. Um, but also I, in high school and college, I was an advanced writer. So I, I took, you know, college courses in, in uh, investigative journalism as a, as a freshman in high school. I loved to write. Thankfully, I can write music now. And so that, I think, is where I got it from. My parents are also, you know, very educated. And my mom worked for UCLA for many years. My dad was an engineer. And so I just, I got it from them. And I also just, I got it from the people that I kind of idolized, all the artists that I idolize. You know, there's a bunch of different writing styles that you can kind of pick up from in my music. Like I'm a huge um, Lana Del Rey fan. I love how she writes. She is, yeah, you, if you, in my apartment, I have like an entire shrine. Um, but I love, I love artists that really like, like that you have to sit there and actually read their lyrics and really dive deep and you feel like every song you get closer and closer to knowing who they actually are. And that's kind of, that's what I want to portray in my music. So when it comes to intellect, it's really, it, it really boils down to those things. Creative writing, unfortunately not a lot of reading, <laughs> but um, yeah. But it just comes across, like you come across as very educated, but again, mm -hmm. like going back, coming from the family, it's also the way we are raised, the type of information we are uh, exposed to, the way our parents communicate with us that elevate um, the way we communicate and interact with others. So um, the first thought is when I went to, when I watched your video, I was like, how come Onyx is not just everywhere like on every tv channel and that was genuinely what i thought it's that powerful and for everyone who is not familiar with annex music you have to also watch his videos it's like telling a story of life but it goes deep into the, your subconsciousness and stripping you of all the fears and also provoking you you're a very thought-provoking artist now let's talk a little bit about fashion right you are very fashionable but i know that you <laughs> did work right? With high-end fashion brands. And I hope that yes. soon they will dress you head to toe. So what did you learn <laughs> <laughs> from, um, I actually, I'm coming from a high-end fashion background myself for over 10 years. I worked with Versace and Dolce & Gabbana. So that's our uh, mutual, I think our common ground. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you think working with fashion taught you in a way? Okay. So I actually, it happened kind of by accident. So I was always in sales 
you know, when I was in high school and, and beginning of college, and then I got a job working for this small store on Melrose. If anybody knows Melrose in California, it's like a very famous shopping district. Then on a whim, I answered a Craigslist ad that said luxury shoe boutique looking for an A-list sales associate. I'll never forget the title. And I was like, sure. So it ended up being Stuart Weitzman on Rodeo Drive. And so my manager was like, wow, you have no experience, but there's something about your personality. I think that you will shine here. And I was actually his first hire. So I, I hit the ground running. I became second book in the company. And at first I really just thought it was about repairing my life after, you know, a time period with drugs and all of these things. I didn't realize, you know, I, I, for one, I feel like the universe has a plan for everybody. I didn't realize that it was specifically working in luxury retail that would have such an impact on, on the future of my entire existence. So going from there, you know, I was recruited to go to Prada. Prada ex excelled in as well. And, you know, learning about how these massive, massive iconic fashion houses create their materials and why they chose this thread and why they chose this nylon that comes from recycled carpet in Idaho and why, you know, why all these, the meaning behind the fashion helped me to create my own fashion. So a lot of people say, you know, how would you describe your style and how would you describe, you know, how you look? And I always tell them, my style is not for me to describe to you. It's for you to decide for yourself. So how I look is just how I feel. So this is exactly, you know, today I wanted to wear, you know, a massive blazer. And so that's, that's, that's what I'm wearing. So it's, it's your perception of how I look. That's what style is all about. No, it's, it's amazing. And <laughs> again, like you, you look like a work of art. That's what I, how I felt. <laughs> art Basel is about Annex actually work, work, uh, walking around art. So I love very much how you dress, but even more so I loved um, the way you interact with human beings and you're very attentive also you just make you know some people have that gift that they make the other person feel so important like you give importance to people and you give importance to every encounter I had no idea that we will be doing this interview I just wanted to say hi because I love the way you're dressed this is again I want people to understand how much you can leverage your fashion as part of your personal brand. You never know who's going to come to you for what reason. So you should always just be the best version of yourself, right? Exactly. Right? Always. And, and that's, that's what I describe to people all the time. And you're like, everyone's just like, Onyx, you're always on. You never repeat a look. Like, how is it that you can possibly do this? And I'm just like, I'm thinking about this as an investment into my, into, into my future. You never know. Like one of the parties when I was at Art Basel, a woman came up to me and invited me to Madonna's party because I of how you looked. So I was at Madonna's party, you know, with YSL and all these amazing creators and all these amazing celebrities because I tried. And, you know, a lot of artists, I think, can think that they should take a day off or, or do whatever. And I'm like, yes, of course, you know, heal yourself. Everyone, everyone's got their, their things. But I think that the artists that really just do it every day and really commit to it, it's how you look and how you present yourself fashion-wise is so important because it's, it's, it's the difference between, you know, if I had just come in jeans and a t-shirt, no offense to everybody who likes that, but you probably wouldn't have come up to me. We wouldn't no, be most likely right not. No, it's, it's, you know, like I, I say that all the time. So I got my job with Versace uh, because I was, it was 12. I remember like it was yesterday. I was wearing a Norma Kamali red dress. It's called a diaper dress, meaning that it wraps around. And I had like an Audrey Hepburn big bun and I was strolling on Fifth Avenue. And one of the executives from Versace said, you should be working for us. 
So I basically got the job because the way I was dressed. Obviously, I stayed in the company because of many other reasons. But, you know, it was that moment. And I always tell people, like, always be the best version of yourself. Even if you go grocery shopping, you never know who's going to see you. Same thing with social media. Onyx, every post you make out there, everything should be the best reflection of you. And um, it's pretty funny talking about fashion. You know, my hair, I always had very long hair. And when I was working in corporate office, my bosses used to tell me, you know, we don't like your hair. It's always just kind of messy. And even if I did take care of it, it was always, and now I embrace it. I'm like, my hair was always wild. And my mom used to tell me, you know, you look like Brigitte Bardot. She was always messy with her hair. She's like, it's (laughs) it's French sexy. And you know, Mm -hmm. it comes a point in life where we also have to embrace, like if we constantly try so hard to please others. And now I'm just letting allowing my hair to be as messy as it is because that's part of my brand and it's okay but I, I I love that about you I love that you take so much pride and it takes effort it's not easy to always live as a 10 I wish people would understand that like some days you know I had a bad infection for like I cannot wear makeup right now so I was like I'm gonna put red lipstick but I know that I don't look at my best there's this I cannot control right um, I but, still think, I think you look stunning. Thank you. <laughs> it's just like, thank you so much. So my aunt, I was telling Chris, I was like, I have to interview Onyx and I was hoping I'm going to, you know, get my makeup. Well, I can't. So I do the best I can, but I still put my red lipstick on. I love so much, Onyx, everything you stand for. Uh, your physical beauty is just a gift that you didn't earn, but you earn the fact that you maintain it. I want people to also understand that, yes, we are born a certain way, but it's what we do with that beauty. We take care of our bodies, we take care of our hair. So kudos to you for really making an impression in terms of the way you look, that's part of your brand. Your music is exceptional and I cannot wait to see you winning the first Grammy. I see it coming very soon, but who you are as a human being, your empathy, your ability to truly connect through others via your music, your lyrics, um, the way you approach people, how respectful you are, how you communicate. This is a gift that goes way beyond music. And I think that that's what makes you so, so special and a valuable artist even more so because of your humanity. Thank you so much for that. That really means a lot to me. That's something that, you know, when I first bring on anyone new into my team, the first thing we talk about is being a human first and being kind. Like I have, we have unfortunately brought people onto the team that really couldn't you know, get with that picture. And I don't care how talented you are. I don't care what you can bring to the table. If you can't, if you can't fall in line with that basic necessity of mine, it just won't work. I'm, I'm kind always. I, it, sometimes it causes me to, you know, my empathy and whatnot. I, I, I really dislike confrontation, but usually, you know, what I find is when you are extremely kind and you're empathetic, there is not much confrontation that you have to, that you have to face. So it really, it's so important to me. It's so important that, you know, when people leave me that it's not just like, wow, Onyx is so stunning, but Onyx is a bitch. <laughs> you know, I, that will never, ever occur. And that's something that I'm proud of. And I'm really glad that that's something that you saw in me. Yes, I did. And before we let you go, Onyx, I also wanted to ask you something. What is the misconception about your community? I think I saw um, a reel of you when you say that our communities have been burned for decades. And I, I I wanted to leave this at the end because I didn't want this to affect in any way your, your emotions or so, mm-hmm. but it's not easy being part of your, it's not easy being alive in this time in history to begin with. 
But I wanted you to share with us what do you think is the misconception about your community? What is it that you wish you could change about the perception of people, about who you are? Yes, so I'm glad that you're bringing this up. Um, so a few, few different things here. I had a conversation with somebody online who was a complete stranger. And this is, you know, several years ago, I'm, I'm just coming into my own. I'm just finally opening up about what I've been through and all these things. And they were like, and it was a straight, it was a completely heterosexual male online who was just like, Onyx, like, you know, how, how are you going to move forward? You know, as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, aren't you afraid of, and they listed, you know, death threats. Are you afraid of, you know, people hating you just because of, of, of who you love and all of these things. And in that moment, I realized that I didn't have an answer because I realized that, you know, it was the first time that somebody put all those things into perspective. You know, those are very real things that I have to consider. The safety of myself, my team, my family, all of these people is going to be affected the larger that my platform becomes. I know that, you know, the, the death threats will come, which is so unfortunate. I know that people will want to wish harm on me without knowing who I am. And that that's really, really unfortunate. And I hope that, you know, my lack of fear will be able to, you know, blanket people who are terribly afraid because there's countries, you know, outside of America where, you know, if you're anything like me, it, it has to be so suppressed. And that's really, it's really unfortunate. I really hope that by being as authentically myself as possible, I can inspire others to do so because that's the only way that we're going to survive. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of people get hung up on those on those facts and realize and feel as though they're trapped and then they end up you know in their 50s and 60s finally trying to be that person that they that they wanted to be but i really hope that me living this way can somehow open doors for you know at least one person at least 10 people at least 100 people down the road millions of people so that's 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 my views and when it comes to people that really go out of their way to hate an entire community of people that they just don't understand, I implore them to just educate yourself. Educate yourself on what it is to be a human versus, you know, your projections of maybe some sort of self-hatred or something that you may not understand about yourself onto an entire community of people who are just trying to live their lives. Wow, this is so powerful. And I'm so happy you share that, right? do your diligent research. I think a lot of times we put people in boxes, we point fingers without even trying to understand where they come from. And a lot of times there's a lot of talk on social media too. People don't even know what the hell they are talking about. I'm sorry. It's no just, clue. you know, you don't understand fashion. You don't understand why this person does a certain thing. You don't understand sexuality, emotions. Just if you don't, either educate yourself or just don't talk about it, right? I think it's, uh, we are very quick to judge. We live in a society, pla social media platforms give us, give each of us the opportunity to talk a lot of nonsense. And I'm hoping that people will, will utilize social media platforms as a platform to connect with amazing individuals, get better, get more educated, learn about the world. Because it is an amazing tool, it can be either our ally or our enemy, and I Absolutely. dare to believe that the world we will continue to build will become our ally. Anix, it's been such a pleasure. And I'm hoping that you will find the time to, I don't know, either create a podcast or something in the near future to really, really expose your thoughts. You have value way beyond being an artist. I truly believe that you will impact people's lives way beyond music. 
there's a gift you have and uh, your community deserves to be exposed the right way. And especially because you are well-spoken, I think you could open doors for everyone, not only to feel comfortable with who they are, but inspire others to understand that being different, it's nothing wrong with that. That's the beauty of life. The world Absolutely. is beautiful because we are all different, right? Exactly. We, why would we all want to be the same? How boring. <laughs> <laughs> This this was just such a pleasure. I cannot wait to um, do another episode with you at some point in the future. Yes. And uh, we love you. Um, just wanted you to know that people like myself, we love you because you represent a part of ourselves and you give us hope and you give us the comfort that there's nothing wrong with us. We are just who we are and it's quite all right to be who we are, not someone else. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Thank you so much for giving me another platform to speak about all of these things. It has been a pleasure and I'm so happy to know you. We love you, Onyx, and we send you much love from Miami. And the episode will be streamed soon. I will let you know in advance. Bye. Perfect. Bye, my love.